Welcome back to the Family Movie Night Podcast. This is episode 24, and we are covering uh, what I think is probably the fifth remake of Cheaper by the Dozen uh, from the original uh, a novel, I believe it is based on. Uh, this is the new one on Disney+. Plus. In honor of that, uh, I wanted to ask my wonderful co-host if you could be a part of any fictional family, TV, movie, books, comic books, any fictional family, what family would you be a part of? So today we're going to start with the villain of our podcast, as always, Mr. Sawyer Hewlett. Uh, uh, what what family would you be a part of? Uh, the Adams family? I don't know what's I don't know what's a villainous oh, family. <laughs> so this is a difficult question for me. I'm going to go for the funny family. Okay. Okay. I'm not saying that I would necessarily come out the healthiest person on earth being in this family. But there, we would have some good times if I was a member of the Griffin family, okay? From Family From Guy. Family Guy, okay? okay. There that, you go. There would be, be a lot of laughs, okay? I feel like you would be the Meg of that family. <laughs> if, we just, if they just oh, replaced that, me. Yeah, Get okay, out of here. I, I can take that, yeah. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. All right, I like that. The fam family guy. All right, and then we'll we'll, we'll move on next to uh, Heidi Cooper. If you got to be a part of any fictional family, who who would it be? Medea's family, the whole oh. crew. I want them oh. all. I want Sunday lunches, <laughs> the whole thing. There you go. <laughs> yes, it would be so fun. If someone's getting shot, yes, <laughs> Medea. Medea <laughs> lost it. I like it. Very good. Okay. And of course that leads us to Donnie Dorsey, the hero of our podcast. Donnie get to be a part of any uh, fictional family. Who you going with? I got to say the Winslows. Um, oh, I, family I wanna, matters. Yeah. I got to say the Winslows, you know, you do get a, a dope theme song, my friend. I know. Right. Like when that song comes on, like they're, that song slaps way better than it should. Oh like, yeah. Like it's like, you know, everyone's always like the Phil Collins, Tarzan soundtracks. Like you didn't have to go that hard. Phil Collins. No one needed to go as hard as, and you're like, my God, that piano riff. Yeah. There's only two songs. That's those are two, that song and the reading rainbow song. There's no reason it should be that good. Like when that comes on, you're like, okay, okay. I'm going to play this. You know, just because I didn't care about the show to song, I'm just gonna play the the theme song. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, I think my answer would either be uh, the Richards family from Fantastic Four. Uh, just get to be a part of the Fantastic Four myself. That would be wonderful. Or uh, the Weasleys from Harry Potter. I think it would be awesome to be a Weasley. I think I think Arthur and uh, oh, I've already lost her name. What was what was Mrs. Weasley's name? Molly. Molly, thank you. Yes, Molly and Arthur Weasley, man. I think they'd be awesome parents, right? That'd and and, and I've actually, I, I'd like to change my answer. Okay. Because I have a, an answer very different from the Griffins. I want to be a part of the Banks family in real life, okay? I, from, from Fresh Prince Fresh of Bel-Air? Prince of Bel-Air. Okay? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Okay, I like it. Those are good answers right there. Hey. All you got to do is be uh, just be playing some b-ball after school. We'll get you sent exactly. out there, my friend. <laughs> Welcome. 
to the Family Movie Night Podcast, where we want to help your family have better conversations around the content you consume. My name is Nathan, and uh, today we are covering uh, a really fun, uh, heartfelt movie, uh, Cheaper by the Dozen. Uh, this is the new uh, version that was made straight for Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's a little different than the originals uh, in that this is actually a movie about a blended family. Uh, you have uh, Zach Braff as Paul Baker marries uh, Gabrielle Union, which is, I mean, just always an A-plus choice on his part. D-Wade getting pretty upset there. Uh, but yeah, uh, her name is Zoe. They uh, both have uh, three children of their own when they get married, have more children together, and then even just have, uh, they have a cousin thrown into the mix. And uh, the, the whole movie is just a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to be talking about that a little bit later. But before we get to that, Donnie, why don't you tell them what we do on this podcast? Yeah, so on this podcast, we encourage every family at Community Christian Church to have a monthly movie night to help you and your children build some memories, start some conversations. That'll matter. The goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have a routine, regular time of connection with some shared experiences that will help you build stronger relationships. And, you know, movie nights are really great opportunities to do that because movies are not just an easy way to share laughter and joy, fear and sadness in a safe environment, but uh, they also give us a chance to talk about what matters uh, in ways that are meaningful and memorable with our children. And uh, and on this podcast, uh, we want to not only recommend some movies, uh, but even give you some ideas of uh, meaningful conversations you can have with your kids uh, about these movies. And as always, the point of this podcast is not to add one more thing to your to-do list as parents that you then feel guilty for not getting to, but we want to make it easy for you and your kids to enjoy being together so that you can build memories and have conversations that matter. So throughout our conversation today, remember that we want to have fun and help you think through simple and easy ways to share your love of Jesus with your kids. And we want to hear from you. So you'll see in the description of this podcast or this video, you'll see a link to a form that's called What We're Missing. And if there's a movie we haven't covered that you want to hear us talk about, put that in there. Let us know. Or if there's some kind of conversation about a previous movie or just another conversation you want us to have of how to talk about certain things in movies or in life with your kids, let us know. We'd love to talk about that. Uh, or uh, if you just have a comment or a question, we want to hear from you. We want to know the best way to serve you. And so uh, we want to have that conversation. But today, our conversation is about this movie, Cheaper by the Dozen, from uh, Disney+. Plus. It is directed by Gail Lerner and is written uh, by a whole list of people. And I don't want to uh, be rude to any of them, but I think the most important name is Kenya Barris wrote this, who is uh, the creator of Blackish and Grownish and Mixedish and all the different ish uh, TV shows. Very popular writer um, has done a whole bunch of stuff. Very funny man, uh, done all kinds of stuff. But this movie uh, is, uh, in my opinion, is uh, pretty funny. Uh, my kids really enjoyed it. Um, I do think it's one of those movies that uh, as a parent, probably your kids are going to enjoy it more than you will because it is a little sillier in some things. But I think there's some really heartfelt conversations and we'll get to what the kind of conversations we think you could have out of it will be in a moment. But first, I just want to hear from my co-host, uh, Donnie. What is it you, you enjoyed about uh, Cheaper by the Dozen? 
I just, I mean, I loved every aspect of it. Like there was, it covered so much. It, it was, there was humor through like situational, like comedic moments. There was very heartfelt moments with conversations between like a the parent and the child. I love that, like that heart. I love when a movie can be comedic and have a lot of heart at the same time. Those yeah. are ones I'm drawn to because it just, it just makes it have such a great, like rewatch value, like where I can go back and watch it over and over again. Yeah, I, I totally agree. A lot of fun on this one. Heidi, what about you? How did you feel when you, when you watched this? What did you enjoy? Yeah, I, um, I agree with Donnie. I think it, it, um, touched on a whole bunch of important subjects and conversations that we can have with our kids. So there's a lot of opportunity presented there for parents. And then I think it's also just really easy to watch it and have fun because it's really lighthearted and it keeps things, it keeps things, you know, fun and, and laughable throughout the whole movie. Absolutely. Sawyer Hewlett. Uh, I know you were a big fan of the 2003 cheaper by the dozen, the Sean Levy, Steve Martin. And I know nothing could ever match uh, Bonnie Hunt and Steve Martin in your mind, but, but how nope. do you think this one, how do you think this one at least fares for people who are not a Steve Martin, Bonnie Hunt fan? So. Yeah, as you said, I grew up re like we had the VHS of that movie, and it was cool. It was a red VHS, white font, cheaper by the dozen. Wait, Martin that's Rose. the point. You should have had a VHS. This isn't yep. like ET. This is a movie yep. that came out after 9-11. This yep, is a movie exactly. that like this. What why do you have a VHS of this? I don't know why. It's what my parents got. Okay. Anyways, I I watched the crap out of the 2003 movie. Um, here's what I'll say about this one. They, they bought it at a yard sale, not knowing it was going to change Sawyer's life. And I was, I was, I was just, I loved this movie. Anyway, we were at war with terror and Sawyer was at war with modern technology. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I think the first DVD we owned was either the Phantom Menace or Spider-Man two, but I can't remember which one of those. Anyways, okay, go ahead. Anyways, this movie, for the purposes of our conversation today, this movie's really good. It spans a lot of really important subjects and stuff like that. For my personal entertainment, I'm not the target audience for this movie in any way, shape, or form. I'm neither a parent nor a child who is going to be entertained by some of the gags in this movie. And so I was not laughing along for the whole ride that being said again for the purposes of our conversation today it's really good yeah and i and would I, recommend it to anyone who like has kids in particular like if you're parenting you you and your family are gonna have a great time watching this well it's a kind of movie that i don't think they make anymore and what i mean is uh you know this is my old man screaming at the sky like there aren't a lot of movies that aren't uh animated family movies there you basically have cartoons for kids and then it's all superhero stuff and everything else is what you can watch with your kids. They don't have a lot of just family comedies um, that are funny and fun and heartfelt. Um, these are what we used to call mid-budget movies, about $40, $50 million movies. They don't make these kind of size movies, but now with streaming, they do. And so I, I agree. I think it's a fun, it's a fun time for a family. If you're just trying to look for something that you think will give you a chance to just have fun and feel something with your kids, I think it, it's important. It weirdly reminded me. Have you? Has anyone here seen the movie RV with Robin Williams? Yeah, it's in that vein. Yeah, it felt like that 
is the thing. And that and movie's so from it, like it, 2007 it, or 2008. That was about yeah. the last time that, you know, all those movies, exactly. Daddy Daycare, a bunch of those kind of like mid-level, you know, we used to get all those kind of things that when, when, a, when a, a movie star wanted to kind of get away from like more adult-themed stuff because now they got kids, you know, you're going to send your Eddie Murphys, your Patrick Swayze's, your whatever, like they're going to come out. Kicking and you're screaming gonna get in, was a great one. Yes, like you're gonna have a whole group of those, but they don't they don't make as many of those. And so I think this one really fits in that. But in particular for our conversation today, this movie, because it is about a blended family, and uh, this movie in, in ways I've honestly never seen in other movies, and very funny for parenting. Um uh so Zach Braff and and they go through this from the beginning of the movie. Zach Braff was married to Erica Christensen at the beginning of the movie. Her character's name is Kate, and they are married. Uh they have two children. And then adopt a child from a, a friend who passed away, like it was their godson. I yeah. think is correct. Am I yeah, okay? Don is okay. So they so they have three children. They get adopted. Then they get divorced. And Zach, I don't know. Do they explain why Paul has? I don't know why, but Paul has custody of the children, and he's he is uh he has his three children. Gabrielle Union is playing Zoe, who was married to a football player named Dom. They were like high school sweetheart or college sweethearts. Uh, and then he goes on to play professional football. They end up getting divorced. She has three kids with him. Then Zach Braff's character, Gabrielle Union's character, get married. They now have all of those six kids together mm-hmm. now. And then they have an additional four children. Yep. No, that's right. They have two sets of twins, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Two sets of twins uh, together. So now they're up to 10 kids. And then, how did they get the eleventh kid? I don't know how that works. Did they have so a? Kid? It's his. Uh, so I can definitely tell you about this because I had a conversation with my six-year-old about rehab. Uh, oh, okay, it's all right. Zach Braff's sister, his Paul's yes. character, is his sister's son. Yeah. Um, and she goes to rehab, and he gets custody of the nephew. Yeah, but that you know that that kind of speaks to the point about, um, you know, that Donnie mentioned that it taught. There's a lot of content in this there's a lot yeah. of different things that come up um where you can have conversations with your kids but you don't have to you know like it's real easy oh, my sure. my daughter just said what's rehab mommy and so then i started talking to her about it and i talked at all the the gamut from you know somebody who has an elderly person who has to go to a rehabilitation facility to learn how to do something after having a stroke and the kind of rehab that you you know you um think that this young man's mom ended up in and uh, just kind of touch, you know, just surface level communicating. And I was actually really glad. Yeah. For the opportunity to have that kind of conversation with her um, to where it's just super simple, not intimidating, but that's something she's probably going to, you know, come up against earlier, earlier in life than any of us probably had to. So I was glad that I had the opportunity to kind of have a conversation, you know, real surface level with her about it. Yeah. And I think that gets to kind of the theme of what we wanted to touch on in this movie that, you know, uh, this movie is really about, and I'm what, what it's about at the heart is you have this blended family that does not operate uh, in the same way that what we would maybe call a traditional family operates in that, from the very first like opening minutes of the movie, Paul and Zoe, who are now married, they come downstairs and Kate, who is Paul's ex-wife and the mother of three of the children, uh, the biological mother of three of the children is 
is in the home making breakfast for all the children and yeah. is take and staying with some of the children while some of them take them to school. And it's really this co-parenting, right? Step parenting uh, world that, that they're really operating in and really kind of like the, um, the conflict that comes up in the movie is that now Dom, who is Zoe's uh, ex-husband and the biological father of three of the children has now quit the NFL. He's moving into town and that throws a whole nother wrench into kind of like their schedule and their plans and how do we work this out and what we wanted to talk about in this is how do you watch this movie because so many of our families uh, i know at community christian i'll say those of us on this podcast are in what are now what you might call a non-traditional or a blended family uh and how do we use movies like this to have conversations with our kids that's where they start to feel like um why is it that our family operates this way? And, and what is the way that God wants families that the whole point of this podcast is to help our children love Jesus and his way of life. Well, how would Jesus have families operate? Like, is there a way Jesus wants families to be? And then there's a way that our families currently are that may not be exactly the way Jesus intended things to be, but this is where we're at. And how do I follow Jesus in a situation that is complicated and messy and may not be as simple as a traditional family. How do I do that? And I think this movie, once again, I would not just say, put this movie onto your kids and let them take whatever they want from it because this movie does not introduce God into the conversation, does not introduce how would Jesus have me treat a step-parent? How would Jesus have me as a parent treat my ex-spouse and the conversations we should be having with one another? Like We have to bring a new conversation to it, but this movie brings it up. And so- yeah. Um, uh, before I jump to anyone else, I just want to be honest because a big part of what we're going to talk about is how big honesty is on this. I've talked about it before on the podcast, uh, but uh, three of my children are adopted and uh, we have uh, a relationship uh, with uh, their birth parents and we have communication. And so that can be tricky and messy at times. And the whole thing can be very complicated. And it's really important when we're having these conversations to just be honest with our kids. And I think this movie gives a, 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 a an ability for us to do that. So Donnie, I, I saw you were going to say something. Why, why don't you jump in on this? Yeah, I was thinking about like, and one of the things they also address like is um, with a mixed race family. Like, I think that's yeah. the thing that's, that can be challenging because Dom like specifically mentions, he's like, you don't know how to raise my child because you're not, you're not black. And like, I right. think that's a challenge in mixed race families because there is trying to figure out how do I make sure that I incorporate them helping to understand and learn about the culture that they're a part of and also being able to instill the values that I see that are important and things like that. Because I think sometimes like, like I think at Paul at times felt ill-equipped, you mm -hmm. know, in certain situations where he's like, I don't know what to tell him about yeah. these particular things because there are conversations that I'm going to have to have with my children that, you know, and much like with Paul and, you know, with, Zoe, they're going to have to have conversations with their kids that aren't the same, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, because some conversations like, Hey, you know, someone might have to have a conversation about, Hey, don't do these things. Like don't do, you know, drugs or like any things like that. But I might have to have a conversation with my kid about, Hey, be extra safe. You know, don't put yourself mm -hmm. in these particular situations because some people may look at you differently just because of the color of your skin, you know? Yeah. And those are the challenges I think that people face. And I think, that's something that Paul saw and Dom was having trouble grasping in that moment is that 
Yeah. He was like, you can't raise him because you don't understand. It's like, and I get that. And I get that he wants to be able to give him those things and help him to understand. But at the end of the day, much like what Jesus has taught us, is like it, it starts with love. Right. Because if I love you, I'm going to want the best for you. I'm mm-hmm. going to will the best for you in our relationship. And that may mean me going and learning a lot more. It may be also me admitting that I don't know enough to give you the information and creating relationships to help you get those things that I may not be able to give you. Maybe it's say, I'm going to have a relationship with someone that can give you information that I can't because I don't have that perspective, nor do I have those, you know, the challenges that may come with it. Well, and I think Donnie, what you're hitting on is kind of a good entry point to one of the things we wanted to talk about on this, which is um, to be able to talk to our kids about, here's where the world is at, or here's where our family is at. And it's not the ideal that Jesus has. So you take racism or you take being uh, in, in in a biracial family and the way the world looks at that is not the way it should be. There should be no reason that people can't uh, be be in a relationship to have kids that look different than you or to have that. Cause I know for, you know, in, in your particular example, very similar to mine, but you know, Donnie for your wife, she, if she, when she's out in public, she has children that don't exactly look like her. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I have that situation with some of my children that I go out and my children have even said to me, I feel like people think I don't belong with you. Mm-hmm. I feel like people look at me and say, she doesn't belong with him. And I have to say to them, and that's wrong. People shouldn't feel that way about us. That's not the way God intends it to be. That, but I can't lie to you and make you pretend like, oh, well, that's that's not how anyone thinks. That's not what anyone thinks about. That it's my job to deal with what is, and to bring and bring into the conversation. Here's what God says: what should be. So, how what steps do we have to take to go from where it is to where it should be? Yeah, because. Based on what you were saying, like I was thinking about the idea of like, look at how many people said like these people don't belong in Jesus's family because they don't do things the way we do or they don't right. act the way we do because that was the world that they lived in. They thought that was how you had to view people and that challenge of trying to go like I can't like you said, I can't lie to you. I can't tell you that the world doesn't see you differently because mm-hmm. that that would be being dishonest with you. And I want to give you. A level of transparency to let you know, look, the world is going to look at you differently. They're going to look at our relationship differently because of what we look like and the things that we do and various other things. But at the end of the day, what truly matters is that you know that I will be honest. Mm-hmm. I will be extremely transparent with you to let you know that when we face these challenges or we encounter things like that, where someone views that I will be as forthcoming as I can to help you to prepare for those moments and to help you to be able to handle those challenges that as they come up. Yeah. And I think that's just, I think that's the balance we have to play in any of these situations where you look at, you look at life. So you look at the world, right? In the specific example you're talking about when it comes to racism, this is not the way it should be, right? But this is what is. So we have to move towards what should be and what part can I play and we as a family can play in doing that. Here's let's have those conversations. Let's not ignore what is, but let's also not just stay with what is, yeah. right? But the same is true if if you're in a just a blended family, right? That yep. you're a single parent 
or you're, you're a step parent or you're co-parenting and your kids start to have questions of why don't mommy and daddy live together? Or they start having questions of why is it that I don't see my dad as much as I see you? Or why is it that I don't ever see my mom or my dad? Or in our kid's situation, they're adopted. Why is it I'm not with my birth parents? Right. Why? Why is that? And it makes me sad I'm not. And for like our kids, I know, but I know this is the same in situations where they're step parenting and co-parenting and single parenting. When a kid starts to feel sad that it's not my my biological mom and dad are together forever and they're with me for us to say to have an honest conversation with our kids and not to try and act like, oh, well, that's not a big deal. That doesn't matter to be able to say, you know what? God did intend that for every family to operate that way, that a person, that people would have children in the context of a marriage and that they would stay together and that this is the way it would be and yet you would grow up. I have to regularly say to my kids, it's, you know the reason that that makes you sad? It also makes me sad. I love you. I'm so glad you're my children. I'm so glad you're in my family. But I know what God intended was for you to grow up with your biological parents and that they would be healthy, they would be able to take care of you, that they would be married, they would be able to work it out, that that is God's ideal. That is the intention. But that isn't the world we now live in. This isn't what our family is. That's a messy conversation, but it leads to a conversation about redemption and to talk about how God can bring beautiful and good and godly things out of broken and messy and 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 situations that are even sometimes caused by sin, right? For me to be able to talk to my kids about this isn't the way God intended to be, but look what a beautiful, look how good and beautiful God is that He made. Isn't our family so beautiful? Like you watch this movie and you look at this family that is this truly blended family, and it's complicated and it's messy. But I do think what you take away from it is this family is beautiful, and this family and there's a good thing that's happening here. Sawyer, you have something to say? Yeah, yeah. So and and like that's something that the movie in particular, like it definitely gets right is the thing the movie never tries to look and, and maybe maybe it goes a little too far in the opposite direction but the the movie never shames the adults right. for having messy backgrounds and that i really like is the thing because like goodness growing up like i was always like taught for and, and, and by the way not about to be pro-divorce don't 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 be hearing me being all pro-divorce but i was always like I always got the stigma of if you if they're divorced, then they are no longer that valuable in terms of like what are they gonna bring? Like and I I don't know if it's just like the culture I grew up in or whatever, but like I was like and I feel like you guys probably have similar vibes like around divorce. Maybe you don't, but I was I definitely had that stigma of oh, you're divorced, therefore you're broken and mm. not as, and, and something that I love about this movie is it goes the opposite direction. It's like, Nope, just because something is broken here doesn't mean that it's like irredeemable and stuff right. like that. It definitely, this movie is very pro redemption of a broken um, system. Yeah. Well, and I think you're right. I think, I think and redemption is what we want to talk about because uh, you know, and I think, but here's the truth about redemption. And I think this is where we can't expect the, the culture around us and the world around us to get right. In order for something to be redeemed, you have to admit that it something has been stolen and something has been broken. Otherwise, you're not redeeming any. The point of redemption is to buy something back and to allow God to bring something beautiful out of what is broken uh, and, and what is messy. And I think what this movie 
um, once again, allows us to have the conversation. I wouldn't allow this movie to drive the conversation. You need to drive the conversation. But especially if your family's in a situation like this, that you're a grandparent and you're raising grandchildren, or you're an aunt or an uncle and you're raising uh, family members, or you're, you're a single parent, you're co-parenting, you're a step-parent, and you're in a situation, you would go, okay, I know this is not the way God intended it to be. So you have to be honest about that because you as a parent would not want these children to go through the same things you had to go through to get to this family. But you can also say, even though this is not the way God intended it, God is working and making something good out of that. And what we want to talk about is that you can have honest conversations. And Heidi, you talked a little about how important it is to have honest conversations. You already mentioned that on this podcast about the conversation you had about rehab with your daughter. But I know you also talked beforehand about just with your children and with your family, having honest conversations and how sometimes we as parents get afraid that if I'm honest, my kids are going to be upset with me or they're going to judge me or they're going to now look at our family. And when we say it's not the way God intended it to be, that they're going to go, oh, I grew up, I'm growing up in a bad family or I'm growing up in a broken, like this is broken and it can't be fixed. But you talked about how the honesty actually allows grace to come into the conversation. Can you talk to that to some degree about how important that is? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, my uh, circumstances were um, I had my first child at 20 and then my my last two children much later. And um, I was a single mom for 10-ish years. so basically the way that, um, you know, my son, he's 19, so who knows what, <laughs> what, um, I was about to say, I when ha- you say you know, much, like, la- yeah. I was going to say, when you say much later, you can't be older than 24. So right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 28, Nathan. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that the thing that I did and you know, who knows whether it's right or wrong, but I do feel like it lines up with the way that God would want us to kind of handle it. And that is that, um, I didn't ever try to really hide the fact that like I was a young, dumb kid who made some poor choices. And, um, you know, a lot of it came from, you know, me being naive or not, not, um, having as much education about, you know, things that I could have at that age in life. However, the majority of it was just my choices and they were not, you know, I'm not, um, a pariah or anything for making those choices, despite, you know, whatever society did or didn't think at the time. However, um, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to hold my 20 year old self or 18 year old self, like, um, uh, guilty and, and then try to portray that to my son. Like I I want, um, to be able to forgive myself. I want to be able to forgive, you know, the partner that I, um, had in making this child and to, to do as much as I can to, to show him what reality looks like but also what God would love to see for his life and his future and his children. Um, and, you know, we have a really incredible gift in that um, when my husband and I got together and, um, you know, it just, it worked out so that when we decided to have more kids and also at the same time, he adopted my um, son that I had, you know, raised by myself for the first part of life. And, you know, we talk about redemption and I can't, I can't point to a better word to describe this 
um, than my situation. Because I remember, you know, when, when my husband and I were just, you know, starting out in our relationship, it was kind of in the middle of my son's, uh, you know, tenure at home. (laughs) And so he, uh, he pointed out actually as a young child, he was nine at the time. He pointed out how he had had this example of father of a father one way. And then that God had given him this opportunity to see a father figure as something completely different and, you know, present and loving and, um, you know, honest and real and open, but also having expectation and having, you know, having, giving him responsibilities and things like that. And so I think just kind of to, to sum up what I could take away from this movie and, you know, what I see in our own family is that the more open we can be to all of the members of our family, like the more that we as adults can get over the dream we might've had of what it could have looked like. And we can offer ourselves and the other adults in the situation, lots of grace and, and, and model that for our children. Then they get to come up seeing, and that was like, that was the thing that made this different for these kids was that for the most part, they didn't see conflict. You know, it wasn't easy. And you could, you could sense the, the um, tension at times between the parents, but they always put the kids first. And that's, that's the something that I feel like, you know, at base level, all of us parents should be doing no matter what our household looks like. And so I think if we do that, and then, you know, it gives us an opportunity with that honesty and openness and, and affording each other the grace, then it gives our kids the opportunity to see that modeled. And so then they can take that and say, yeah, I mean, my dad is not present, but I hope to one day have a relationship with him because, you know, he, he had a part in, in who I am now. And so, you know, that I think is really important in, in uh, blended families or families that maybe didn't, um, you know, didn't go the way that we anticipated or wished or hoped or thought that they should, you know, we can, we can still, um, God can really still bring something beautiful out of it. Well, and I think what you hit on there, Heidi, is kind of where I want us to end here is I think what is so important, and I we, we, we hit on this almost every time, but I just want to hit on it again. It's how important it is for us to have these conversations with our kids, even if your kid, and I know how this feels because once again, I'm in a situation right now uh, with, with my children where they're starting to ask questions about their birth parents. They're starting to ask questions about marriage and about life and about the way God wants things to be and why didn't it go that way for us and why why isn't that the way that things end up at. And there tends to be a way that if you feel like your kid's not asking the question, or even if they are, uh, it, it makes you uncomfortable. It can even be painful to have the conversation. Uh, but we cannot allow our kids to interpret this on their own. They are going to come up with an answer to why. And if you don't interpret it for them and help them to do it, uh, they will come up with a solution. And maybe what they come up with was, maybe the reason my parents aren't together is somehow it's my fault. Or maybe maybe there's something about me that that my mom or my dad's not around. Or maybe there's something going on and you don't want to leave your kid in that place. Um, or you don't want it to go to the other end and for your kid to somehow interpret because you never came out and said, hey, this isn't the way God intended it for it to be for them to take away that marriage doesn't really matter. Or that God didn't intend marriage to be forever. Or that any of this, that you want to be able to have a conversation and say, Look at the beautiful thing God made out of this situation. So one, that teaches them no matter what 
life does to you or no matter what bad decisions you make, God can always make, you never have to be hopeless. God can always make a beautiful thing come out of even decisions we make that aren't perfect. But the other side of it that we have to deal with too is to be able to still say to our kids, and I hope when you get married that when you have kids, you do it just the way God intended it to be. I may not have done it that way. Your parents may not have done it that way, but I, I pray that you do because Jesus' way of life is better. It is more rich and satisfying. And even though God can make anything good come out of any kind of situation, it is so much better if you get it right from the beginning with Jesus. But those kind of conversations can only happen in a context of honesty, transparency, grace. And once again, because I know some people are like, well, when do I start having that conversation? Now, on their level, on an age-appropriate level, you don't have to get deep into, I think uh, Heidi's conversation about the rehab thing is right. Have an open conversation at the level that the kid can understand it. Your child can't fully understand drug addiction. They can't fully understand recovery they, at four, but they can understand ideas behind it. They can understand the like small ideas around it. So start having any kind of conversation about your family situation, or maybe they know someone. Maybe maybe you maybe your family situation is you and your spouse are together, and you've been together the whole time, and all of your kids are both of yours, and that's not your story. But they start to ask questions about other families. Have a honest, gracious conversation. Yeah, that's not the way God intended it to be. But look at the beautiful family God made. God should be the hero in every story. And that's what we want to do. But that can only happen if we have honest conversation. If I'm trying to defend myself and defend my choices and defend the way I did things, God doesn't get to be the hero because I'm the hero. I did everything right. Everything's the way I meant to be. And that's not the kind of conversation we want to have. And that may be painful. It may take a lot of prayer and thought. But hey, we're leaning on Jesus for everything anyway. So lean into that and trust Jesus. So uh, I know we've had somewhat of a heavy conversation here. This movie is not very heavy. It's very light, but this is a, uh, so I hope you do watch it. Uh, I hope you have a great time uh, doing so, but we really do hope it spurs some conversations because these are important ones to have. Uh, and as always, we hope uh, you join us again next time as we continue trying to help your family have better conversations around the content you consume that lead your children to love Jesus and his way of life. We'll see you next time.